Broadcasting from the Queen City, breaking down business, leadership, community, and family. Here's your host, the president and CEO of the Northern Cincinnati Foundation, Aaron Satzker. We are here today at the Roosevelt Room. This is one of my favorite bars uh, in Cincinnati, and I'm really excited to be here with one of the founders, Bob Deck one of the owners of 4EG. Bob, welcome to What Gives with the Northern Cincinnati Foundation. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Today, I really want to learn about you, about your business. I want to hear, I guess, how did this concept come to be? Where did this start? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, uh, I'm a Cincinnati guy. Uh, Grew up in Anderson Township. Okay. uh, Anderson High School. So Love that. We all are about our our high schools here (laughs) in Cincinnati. Exactly. So get that out of the way. Yes. Um, and really back in 2001, uh, I was a chiropractor nice. <laughs> and uh, met a couple of my college roommates and got together, decided to open a bar in Cincinnati. And yeah. we found this first location in Mount Adams. And at the time, it was just supposed to be, a, you know, kind of a side business. Right. And then one became two and two became three. And as you probably know, Cincinnati went through a big renaissance period downtown it did. and uh we just decided that we we're going to do this and it's going to be our thing and formed a company for eg and and just never turned back after that when was that so that was 2001 how oh. um 2002 i left uh my chiropractic, chiropractic career business. <laughs> yeah oh my god but uh, still a good life skill yes, right absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> people still today the i'm sure they're like, like can you do a quick hey, adjustment on me yeah, yeah yes and you use adjustment so there you go <laughs> there you go yeah i believe in the power of chiropractor <laughs> right. you know that's right so um yeah and we basically at, at that point in time we were serious and we treated it uh, like a business, and we all loved hospitality. Uh, we loved the bar and restaurant business, and um, you know there was four of us, so that that helped to uh, grow it to what it is today. So for EG, um, you are one of four owners. Can you tell me about um, the leadership styles and and kind of the why behind those other three? Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, there's four of us. Uh, the first guy, Dan Kronikin, um, he's an Ohio guy, mm-hmm. uh, fresh out of Lima. Ah, QPs. <laughs> yes, we can't forget the burger <laughs> that's joint. That's right. That's right. Um, he takes on more of our food operations. Mm-hmm. So he's been in charge of the Keystone Bar and Grills. Okay. And then we have also have a, a quick serve model s- spinoff of Keystone's Mac and Cheese that everybody loves called oh. the Mac Shack. My goodness. So we're where we're is now, that? <laughs> it's down on Clifton oh. uh, at UC's campus. Yeah. We actually just opened one in Athens on wow. OU's campus. So smart. And we got a third opening in Ohio State's campus coming yeah. up. So Dan handles all that side. Okay. Um, ben Klopp is uh, was one of my college roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, really on the back end, all the design of a lot of our places and development. Um, he handles, we jokingly, Say he handles all the stuff that the other three of us don't want to handle. Yeah. Well, someone, I mean, this looks amazing. So yeah, he he has a great, uh, great eye for design. And Mm -hmm. and like I said, so he kind of takes on, um, that role. And then Dave is, I would say more my counterpart where I'm here in Cincinnati and handle the Columbus and Cincinnati bars. He's Mm -hmm. up in Chicago and handles the operations for Chicago. Okay. So it's a good, it's a good, um, mix because we don't, 
we're not on top of one another. We kind of yeah. all have our own divisions um, and we all trust each other and we work in our divisions for the greater, obviously good of, of 4EG. Yes. Um, and we stay in contact with one another all week long, but at the same time, we're kind of do our own thing in our own divisions. Right. Well, when you open that <clears throat> first bar, um, I guess, talk me through what was that like? And then were all four of you a part of that first opening? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, a little bit even further back, Dave and Bennett had a couple bars in Chicago and then okay. when we decided to open here. We basically all came down to Cincinnati and we opened Mount Adams Pavilion. And I remember the first, and this is dating me, uh, <laughs> I remember when we first opened, we we didn't even have cash registers behind the bar. Oh my right? goodness. It was the... We, had, we just had a, a, a register box and we were yes. just making you know, change in it because that's how young and just didn't have a ton of money. And, and right. that's what we started with. And we eventually ended up getting a regular cash register, but th- those were the old banger registers where you yes. hit keys and it would open up. I bartended with that <laughs> register, just okay. so you know, and the so. screen. I- <laughs> so we were all kind of working in that bar. Um, a couple of us would bartend. One of us would literally be bar backing and running ice mm-hmm. and the other would be just know, help, helping out wherever they could. Right. And then at the end of the night, we'd all get together and we'd close out and then we'd wake up the next day and we were always putting, you know, we didn't have any money to like pay for people to do paint or pay to fix something. So one or two of us would go up. We all lived in an apartment in Mount Adams. Together. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> so we were all jammed in. This, this should be place. like a show here. Yeah, oh my, you guys if, living if together. If reality shows existed. Yes, that we, would we be yeah, a thing. Yeah. yeah. I know we yeah. missed it. We missed the mark. You there. did. You did. <laughs> but, um, so for a long time, that was uh, what we did. We, we would buy um, a distress bar or a bar that wasn't doing well, and we would go in and ourselves, we would find the light fixtures and you know hang the wallpaper and paint it and do all those things ourselves. So it was, it was at a, I mean, that doing that together formed a really good bond that's lasted forever. People all the time are like, yeah. well, how with four guys have you maintained a partnership for over 20 years? Because- a lot of times those types of partnerships break up and people sure. go their own ways. And even we know we've had our differences at times. We, we've always had the same goal and been, mm-hmm. you know, kind of had the same mindset um, and have stayed together uh, through everything. And I'm sure like, honestly, it makes you like a family, right? It, yes. You, all the sweat equity that you put in, in the beginning, like you said, when you didn't even have registers and you're painting and doing things yourselves and you're all living together in this, we'll call it like a whole apartment, yes. right? I'm sure I can only, I'm envisioning, um, yeah. envisioning it, it in you're my You're envisioning head. Yes. It everything yes. you're envisioning. Yes. So I think it does. It probably <clears throat> makes you like you've gone through this together mm-hmm. um, and it kind of keeps you as a family unit. Do you find that? I do. In fact, when I've talked to others that are in true family businesses yes. and all the, the things that go along with a, a, a family business, we're, we are basically a family. Right. I mean, I, I, mean, I bet you are. Yeah. All the all the things that go along with that um, are, and we yeah. will we will always be. Did you envision when you started this in two thousand one with that one bar that you would be up north in the northern suburbs? Not not at all. In yeah. fact, we were really uh, focused in in the downtown area. I mean, I'm we're sure. you know in Cincinnati, and we just never really thought that a bar like this, if mm-hmm. we put it out in, in a, you know, center and, and its suburbs would, um, would be popular. Oh, yeah. um, but we took a chance, um, and we put this out here and it was received extremely well. And Definitely. since then we've focused on other 
areas, um, you know, in other suburbs um, and have done more of this. I will say that it's a fun place to go if you are raising a family in suburbia, right? It is a fun place to go where you don't have to go downtown for that experience. You get the handcrafted cocktails and um, kind of the setup here. And so it's been really nice. Why Roosevelt Room? Like, where did this concept, you know, where was it born? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, my uh, business partner, Ben, who is uh, one of the guys that really gets involved in de- the design of these locations, he's a huge history buff. Okay. And, um, you know, all of our bars kind of start with us just sitting down and brainstorming. And he came up with this idea of a bar that was sort of themed around uh, Teddy Roosevelt and all the crazy things that went on in his life. And, um, you know, just, again, it just ideas started popping out. And then as we were designing it, um, you know, coming up with the moose and the rough riders mm-hmm. and all these things, it was just really fun. And, 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 um, it just became the bar Yeah. and then, and people seem to love this place. So yeah. everybody that would come up to the bar all the time would say, I know Bob Deck, I know Bob Deck to like try to get in. And I yeah. sometimes was even standing there and they'd be like, I no know Bob way. Deck. So my staff was so always like, what do we now. do? What do we do? But <laughs> if someone came up and said, Hey, I know Bobby Deck, then yeah. they knew, okay, they know him from high school. Right. They know they, this must be a long time. Like time yeah, friend, yeah. So that was the that was the key that word. Was the that tell. The, yeah. So so the Bobby deck okay. got people in. The Bob deck just got you nowhere. In nowhere. <laughs> Can I actually ask then? Was this the first of the concept? Like yes. the first one to open? Yeah. So this this is the like first Roosevelt room. And again, we got a bunch of other different bars um, that you know, downtown Cincinnati and Chicago. Yeah. But this is the first Roosevelt room. And then we just opened the second, and the second has been extremely well received. Mm-hmm. Um, which just gives us a lot of confidence that, okay, let's, you know, now we've got two and, and they're doing really well. Yeah. Let's open three, let's open four and, right. and, but keep them spaced out enough that they still seem unique and independent yes, to the places we go. Right. And, and I, I'm a millennial, barely, I squeak in there <laughs> barely, but I think that's something that millennials appreciate, right. Mm-hmm. Is like this, um, organic, you know, not chain like experience, right. right. They don't want to go to a chain. They want it to be unique to, the area, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what this provides. Yeah, and we've kept it where you, if you went to the Roosevelt Room in Liberty here, yeah. but then if you did just leave and go to the one in Dublin, Ohio, they're not designed the same. Well, I obviously live in this area, um, but you have bars obviously far-reaching. Can you tell us about you know how many bars you do have and, and where they're located? Yeah, so um, we're... Uh, you know, we've got a lot of bars in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, two of my business partners live up there. So we have six up in, in Chicago area. Wow. Uh, in Cincinnati, since I live here, um, my other business partner lives here. Since 2002, we've grown Cincinnati all the way out to the suburbs here. Uh, and then we've even moved into Columbus. So we have a couple locations in Columbus. And Cincinnati being so close to Kentucky, we're right across the river as well in Newport and in Covington. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I had no idea that you guys were so large. I know that I have been to the Roosevelt Room in Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to Chicago later this year, so I'll definitely have to check out you know what you guys have in store in, in the Chicago area when I'm there. As far as philanthropy, yes. I was here during the setup and I was chatting with one of your bartenders that I know well, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about things that you guys have done for EG to give back. 
Can you talk about philanthropy and what that means to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, we love uh, being you know, great neighbors. We love being uh, involved in the cities we're in or the suburbs we're in um, and doing things, whether it's events, um, even though we're, you know, a bar, we like doing kid events and stuff like that. But, and we've had times where we've done um, uh, some philanthropic stuff with the Ronald McDonald house every year for a long time. Such a great place, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, you know, not only a monetary donation, but we'd go down there and, and we'd do the uh, meal serving uh, or we'd do the, the, the cleaning of the rooms and, again, meeting people. And that organization was wonderful. Yeah. Um, another big one is the Free Store Food Bank. Yes. Um, we particularly love the, the Power Pack program, mm-hmm. just, again, being a restaurant with the Keystone Bar and Grill, um, making the kids packs that they take home for you know, nutrition over the weekends and things like that. And then sometimes, you know, things happen internally where we'll have an employee that um, has had a tragic event or have had something happen um, that we've all rallied behind and, um, you know, come together and raise money to to help them through something or to uh, help them, again, get get through whatever that is that they have. So we've done we've done kind of everything. you know, it, it's, it's hard to do everything, you it know, is. but uh, we do every year try to make sure that we're, we're always kind of doing things um, both internally and externally. I think that, you know, speaks to servant leadership, you know, that you are, you're volunteering. Um, I think that that's wonderful and getting people involved. And frankly, it feels good to get involved with like local causes and the communities that you mm-hmm. serve. Um, so kudos to you on that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we, we try to go to a lot of the community council meetings again, yes. just because there's all kinds of things that come up. Right. Um, that, you know, you know, sometimes it's even just loaning our location to something or, yeah. um, you know, again, running many different fundraisers, sponsoring kids, sports teams. I mean, which is so great. <laughs> I think you were saying earlier, you have a, a son. Mm-hmm. How old is your son? So he's three. He'll be four next month. So right. I, I basically exciting. have a four-year-old. <laughs> yes, that's exciting. Yeah. And I think it's good to, since you do have a four-year-old, right, to get involved, like you said, in those um, kids' kids' activities. And I, I think until you have a child, it's like, okay, now you know I'm I'm moving in this direction, mm-hmm. and we want to be a part of whatever it is, yeah. whatever initiative it is. I know I myself have a son almost the same age and a daughter that's seven. So I love to hear that, that you're doing that. Cause I think it's so important to be a leader, um, and in your community in that way. I, I agree. I mean, until you have, like you just mentioned, yeah. until you have a child, it doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, doesn't open your eyes up as much as when you do. Right. And then once you do it, it just, it, there's a whole nother world that opens up after that. that it is. Uh, it is. It's brought to my attention and a lot of things, um, that, that that's done for me. Um, right. but, you know, I'm very thankful for it. So we love to mix it up as we go through our, our podcast and a, and a question we've been asking on what gives, which has been really fun is we talk about a bug out bag and for our listeners bug out bag, <laughs> meaning end of the world apocalyptic okay. scenario, right? <laughs> what, what are you going to put? If you had four things that you could throw in that bug out bag, what would those, four things be 
we've heard it all, I think. And so I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, all right. Well, first of all, uh, I, I got to throw a cup of coffee in oh, for sure. Amen. Uh, you know, may, in, I might, it might even go as particular as Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but I would they settle love that for plug, any, by the way. Yeah, Good right, job. Oh, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I would settle for any cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, and then I got to throw in, uh, I got to throw in bacon. I gotta oh, take bacon yeah. on the bug out Definitely. bag. Definitely protein. <laughs> protein, yes. Okay. Um, maybe a uh, let's see. I, and then you know, being in the business I am, I think I gotta throw a good bottle of bourbon in. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what would be your? What's your go-to bottle of bourbon? I think right now it would change depending okay. on that that apocalyptic. Yes. Time, probably, yes. What can I open <laughs> right now? Right, right now, I'm going with the Blantons. Okay. Throw it in there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, probably just a very good survival knife. Okay, there we just go. To, just to, for, for all intents and purposes. I love this. <laughs> uh, you know what? We learned so much about everyone and what they're bringing. And it's been really fun to talk to entrepreneurs and community b- builders in our area to hear what, what they would <laughs> I'm bring. I'm sure. I can yeah. only imagine what some of them it, I mean, it's it's been interesting. So, um, so I like yours. I think, it's right. a, I think it's a good theme. Okay. Um, as far as, you know, employees and, um, all 18 bars, I guess I'm interested to know how many people is that? How many people does it take? And is it, has it been tough recently to make sure that you have the team that you need to have? Yeah. I mean, it's no surprise. Uh, you know, COVID was, was a crazy time for us. Mm-hmm. We, at that point we had about 450 employees. Wow. Um, we, I mean, over 30 days went down to four. Um, that's, that's how, uh, you know, our business was impacted. Um, we kept in contact with everybody though, and, you know, tried to assure them that it was temporary and ultimately it was, I mean, we're, we're not quite back to that point. Um, but we're, we're up into the, you know, close to the four hundreds, uh, of employees back managers back. Um, yeah. And, and for a while we had to, modified times and hours because we just and when people did start coming back out we just weren't quite ready um to just switch and bring all our people back hire more people and it's been a little trying uh on the um the hiring side but it's gotten better uh, since even last year um it seems to be getting a little better and a little better i would say right now we're we're in um a great position we're we are fully staffed as I mentioned earlier, we're growing. Um, we learned a lot from it. That's what I was wondering. I mean, what were those know, like? I mean, what were those key <clears throat> takeaways from COVID? I imagine that that tested, especially this model of business. Right? It's mm-hmm. like you're not serving food; it's drinks. Um, how how did you make it? Because that would be really tough. Yeah, we just. I mean, we had to follow. I mean, we were in three different states too, which made it challenging oh because goodness. three different, different states. Different rules. The legal bills. Yeah. I, I'm like trying to process the legal bills for you guys. And I mean, even just the cities alone had different uh, circumstances. But we, I mean, we just, we got on the phone every day. We, you know, talked via Zoom and we, we had, we were organized. I think that helped. Um, and we just, again, said, listen, we're going to get through this. We got to make a strategic plan. It was week by week. Yeah. Things would change and we would adapt. And you know, but we came out stronger I, on a business side. You just, you know, it's hard to, to pinpoint certain things mm-hmm. um, that we do differently, but um, we, we just end up, um, you either, you're either going to make it or you're not. Right. And I think leadership <clears throat> probably came together, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's relearning during COVID and 
Um, I, this industry definitely took a hit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that probably had to be hard as well as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, the government is actually saying this can't happen. Right. Um, so that was probably tough. Yeah. I mean, and you just, you, you have to stay positive you do. even when maybe internally you, you don't want to be, Yeah. but for everybody else, you, you have to, you have to do that. Um, and, so, uh, and just basically persevere. I, I think obviously you have <laughs> tremendous grit cause yeah. I think it took that to mm -hmm. get through it. Strategic planning you talked about. So I, myself, you know, run the Northern Cincinnati Foundation. Mm -hmm. I am a huge believer in strategic planning. Um, and so I, I find that really interesting. I want to like dial into that a little bit. So you probably had a set strategic plan, which got sidetracked completely. Mm -hmm. And now you're in COVID and you don't know what to do. And so love this. You said you went, you organized another strategic plan, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we, we had to immediately, it was no longer about growing the company. No, it was no longer about adding locations. It was basically about how do we, you know, take what we have right now and kind of buckle down. Mm -hmm. And you think you're running your business very, very tight and well, but then there's just things you had to completely do differently. Yeah. Um, and, you know, take some personal sacrifices too. We all did, sure. um, whether it would be financial, time things like that, um, that, um, you know, I just remember closing everything down, you know, turning everything off. But then when you do that, all the buildings you have and things like that can just start to, you know, have maintenance issues. I mean, there's all kinds of things, but, uh, we right. just, it's, it's so weird that it was only like two years ago, basically. I know. Because it it seems a lot longer than that. It does. Now, because now everything's so different. Right. And so back to, what everybody uncalled, you know, so uncalled the normal. Norm. Right? Yeah. The new norm. Right. Right. I think I, I would love to, to know how, frankly, your person, personality style, as well as probably the other owners, um, with 4EG, I mean, it was a hard adjustment for me. So I guess for you, you're probably out and about, um, you're working hard, uh, to open, you have now 18 locations. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about just like personally, was it a tough adjustment? Yeah. I'm trying to think, um, what, what I started doing was so different, um, during that time, just because again, we were, we were closing everything down and then opening everything back up. Um, you know, working with the managers on just how they felt being in the, these locations, because there were so many different opinions walking in that they had to sort of navigate and it just, our business is normally a fun business to work yes. in. And it turned into for a while, it wasn't a fun business to work. I, so yeah. that was well, one yeah. of the main attract attractions for what we do. And for a while it wasn't. And so you're trying to, again, just stay positive, let people know that it's going to, it's going to at some point turn around. Well, I have <laughs> to share, I was a bartender. I had two different, you know, times of bartending right. and I was not a great bartender. I don't think you would have wanted to hire me because I always joke around unless you could say, Hey, uh, you know, diet Coke and the, the liquor that you put in it or Tito's and tonic, you know, whatever it was, Tito's wasn't a thing. If I'm dating myself back then when I was kettle one, by the way, guys, but, um, you know, I was not, not the best unless I could just crack open a drink and hand it to you. Um, so kudos. I love your team here. I will say, um, they make amazing drinks. 
when you come here, right, do you, do you have like a special drink that you're like, this is my drink? Do we have the, the Bob Deck drink here? Actually, we don't. I oh, drink you so need to have one. <laughs> uh, we, actually, in the very first bar that we did, uh, which was the Mount Adams Pavilion, we, yeah. I, we did have a drink called the Double Decker, which was kind of... <laughs> I think I remember that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You probably probably had a few. Um, But, uh, no, you know, we we, – I mean, what's great is, including here especially, everyone takes such pride in the cocktail menu. And uh, we actually let our staff kind of create those cocktails and make them um, every season. So, yeah, it's a lot of of work. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we don't just make a menu and then have it forever. Um, Right. And frankly, that's why people want to come here. I think you do. You want this like custom drink, you know what I mean? And uh, I see that probably in the food, in the food and restaurant industry, bar industry, right? You want this custom experience. Do you find that? Is that how things have changed since 2001 is no longer like the chains, you know, people want this customizable guest experience? Yep. I think people like independent locations that they go in. There's something unique. There's an experience, whether mm-hmm. that's in the music, in the design, uh, what's going on inside. So I do think that people have changed. I think even going into stadiums now is different, where it's not just about the game; it's about what's you know inside the stadium along yes. with the game and, and things. So I, it will continue on that way. I think where it, it it's no longer just a bar; it has to have things going on that are interactive for people. And the staff is a big part of that because they're basically on stage. They're, they're behind the bar making these cocktails, making these drinks. Right. You know, and they're the, they're the form of entertainment just as well. When I come here, I see Kyle Shabity, who's the assistant manager and he's always, I feel like rocking and rolling. I say hi, he makes me a special, you know, handcrafted drink and it's just great. So I love the enthusiasm and, and environment. Yeah, I mean, he's been a, a great integral part here of the Roosevelt Room. Uh, in fact, we just opened up a new Roosevelt Room in Dublin, Ohio, and we asked Kyle to go. come up there. <laughs> yeah, you got to go. go. Yes. Uh, we asked him to come up there, and uh, he did an amazing job with the staff up there explaining what Roosevelt Room is mm-hmm. and all the cocktails. And uh, you know, we look forward to opening up more Roosevelt Rooms. Uh, it's one of our, our growth plans uh, is to keep uh, this particular bar uh, um, going and opening it up in different markets. And, yeah. uh, you know, we look to people like Kyle to, to help us along. Do that. I love your story. I always love to learn from entrepreneurs, um, you know, how you started, where you're going, how you got there. Yes. Um, and, and it's great that you guys also give back and are good community members wherever you are located. Um, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for being here on What Gives Today. <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure. To learn more about how to expand your philanthropy, please reach out to the Northern Cincinnati Foundation. What Gives is produced and distributed by King Hightower Strategies.